0: imma say what i feel and i promise to keep it real welcome to the red road So you wanna be a rider? Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards Just all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room
1: What's up, everybody? It's your boy Hilliard Guess. And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody twenty twenty three yeah on this show. We discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. I was gonna say something funny, but I'm not gonna say it. Um, <laughs> Chris Derek is out today, but we got a dope ass show for y'all. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. Um first of all, sidebar wanna shout out roadmap writers for sponsoring the show again. make sure y'all follow those motherfuckers <laughs> Where can they follow them at? At Roadmap Writers <laughs> Spell it out Roadmap
2: Writers Dot com Or what you guys at Dot com, Dot com, Dot com. Instagram Twitter Or X They call it now
1: uh, I <laughs>
3: ain't calling <laughs> it See? that
1: See See Hold up Wait a minute Let me put some boom in it <laughs> That's why I can't say the X Cause when you say X You gotta put some stink to, on Yeah it. It. it sounds a little pervy I'm not yes. gonna lie When
2: I a- when I type in X.com I'm like <laughs> What am I getting into today <laughs>
3: I don't be typing it in and I've left it on all my things where I don't upload, um, upgrade the app so it still shows me my little bird oh, that's I don't funny. like seeing that little creepy X <laughs> you
1: just don't want people to see that X on there when they over your shoulder uh, no, actually
3: I wouldn't mind that if that's what it was actually <laughs> about I mean 70%
2: of it is <laughs> it's your, feed. It's on your feed my no, feed is not that I got two separate feeds <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wendy, see, you came to this show today. It's going to be one of them shows. <laughs> it's for the grown folks, by the way, for the grown folks. Um, you got the yeah, rabbit motherfuckers up in
2: here. <laughs> he said, if you're grown, let's dig in. I did. I did. I did.
1: Um, but let's welcome to the show, y'all. Some of my friends in here that I really, really, truly love. Um, give me one sec. Now I'm getting hit by some bullshit.
2: Um, it is that kind of it. That's that kind of time of year. Like I think this like push right before Christmas. It's like emails are blasting. Yeah. Like let's get everything done <laughs> so I can disassociate over the <laughs> holidays. I Everyone's mean, trying to go. Well, um, also because they know
3: everybody's about to like check out. Yep. And right. so if you don't get it, that contact in before everybody taps out probably towards midweek next week, and maybe mid- mm-hmm. then you kind of fucked. You <coughs> just right, ain't right. gonna be able to catch them until January, bro. Yeah. Legit.
2: So
1: let's welcome to the show, everybody. Tristan J, Tristan J. Schuler. Hi. I said that correct.
2: You did. I put some stank on. the
1: us do
0: this. Yes. Uh, about time I make get it some juicy, stank. Make it
4: juicy.
2: <laughs> Happy to be here. I love. Exactly, exactly. I love being on the rant room. I and, love ranting.
1: Uh, writer, actor himself, out there um, doing some big things. Super proud of him. Um, even though you didn't invite me to your show that you've been doing for the
2: last few months, still. It's an open invite. Mm. Uh, come through. Okay. Mm. I'll get you tickets next week. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen
3: the pictures look cute.
2: It's a cute little time. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah, doing yeah. a little variety nightlife supper club um, show at the Hotel Roosevelt, a revival of the original Cage Club with That's one cute. of the original drag queens. That's, That's really cute. fun. Yeah.
1: That's cute. Nice. They all up there half naked just doing Do shit. It. Yeah, Do these. use Do it.
3: <laughs>
2: That's my second Twitter feed. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: I'm not
4: your only your
2: twitter feed okay they're
4: They're linked they're linked
2: (laughs) (laughs) um and of
1: course tristan's gonna have to run out because he's got his call back for our favorite show that you introduced me to i forgot that i I... did but i don't want to speak on it okay we won't we won't i don't don't want to do
3: everybody put some good juju yeah yeah Yeah. good
2: juju and it's really important to me as
1: my mama do ha la 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 Oh, boom. oh, okay She got the Holy Ghost shaka, on
2: shaka, you. Bam. Shaka, shaka,
1: for for, for the
2: visual, Hilliard just blessed me with holy water. <laughs> 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 the power of Christ compels you.
3: <laughs> it
1: well, is Sunday. It you, you, is Sunday, friends. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then we got my girl, Dalila Ali. I can never say your name. Raja? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ali Raja, Dalila
3: Ali Raja. Raja. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: okay. I had it right. You did it. Look
3: at you getting things right.
1: Well, you know, don't, don't get used to it, though
3: in it's the a- morning
1: because <laughs> sometimes i want to say delilah for some
2: damn reason
1: she has I better pr
3: not. than i do because that whole bible thing but we're going to work on that oh mm-hmm, that's
1: what it is mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just this is what we're more more
3: yeah, familiar she's with familiar
2: you said that before that came out of your mouth real smooth mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> she's like for her she's been she's been practicing <laughs> <Yeah.
1: then>
3: she- <laughs> well when people
4: have
3: been mispronouncing your name since you yeah. first hit any public right. space right you come up with ways to well i come up with ways to gently correct other people do other things but mm. i gently correct yeah with mm. grace mm. and style repeatedly
1: but i yeah. want to welcome her to the show she and i we've been on several panels in the past she be killing it she <laughs> has so much game um thank you love to hear you speak and that's why I made it, I made a joke with Tristan, because Tristan was like, i might to have to leave early. And I was like, you know, we got the Layla. She's going to be yipping, yapping.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, I need to be here. Oh, listen. We got no, the fierce force need to over here. A, we need to have the banter. The banter.
3: True, the banter. <laughs> and
2: we do have a banter. We had so much fun at Austin Film Festival. Oh, we had so the last much last time fun. I saw you. Um And that was a great old time. Great old time. Mm-hmm.
3: While well, you Everybody, just having to deal with that sugar cane and sleeping my way away, running around town. In the humidity.
2: Oh, it was a hot it was a hot weekend yeah I was yes
1: anyway with, welcome to the show actress producer writer um uh poet yeah i know you got nine other high i some skit dancer yeah to, all that bullshit uh, and former dancer, still a dancer I, or former dancer i i
3: dance She's like for i fun still now. move i dance you? for fun now mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. like go going for money
4: okay
1: mm. okay yeah. i got it. see i still i feel like i still got it even though I ain't been in class in 15 years. You got it. But I watch the kids in class, and I'll be like, I'm telling you, I still can, I still can get, yeah. but my knee would be like, no, you can't, bitch.
3: Yeah, I don't got it, like, <laughs> in class got it. I got it, like, I can still drop and pop, and I can still, <laughs> I think I can still even flat back curtsy to the floor from Hunt Paul days, um, but, you know. Come
1: on. Every once in a while, I'll, so do, a, I'll do a pirouette in my bathroom just do to it. make sure I can still do it. Okay. And I'll get a double and a triple every blue moon. And I'll be like, oh. I still got it, a little She's bit. Five, six, like, seven, okay. seven, seven. <laughs> I'll do a little pot of a right <laughs> here and
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz
4: hands. Exactly.
2: <laughs> can you tell everyone's a multi-hyphenate? Exactly. <laughs> can you tell? Can you tell?
1: I think I got it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's going to be one of them days. I told you, Wendy. See what I'm talking about, Rich? It's one of those days.
2: It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. Yes, it is. Our screenwriters. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So we've had Tristan on the show 900 times already well two times right yeah. <clears throat> feels like it you know every time I turn around damn there go Tristan <laughs> again all in my business <laughs> you know you like it exactly exactly actually I love having you on the show we have a good time um, let me just ask you just a little bit about where you from Dalila and how'd you get into the game
3: so I'm originally okay that's
1: enough um, Enough am teasing <laughs>
3: You know how I do it. I can't can't quite. I'm not from Baltimore. My my best, my best friend Sean always does that like pop, and I've never been able to get it quite right. (laughs) I'm from Sacramento, uh, born and raised. But both of my parents are from South Carolina, so I always say I'm like a Cali girl with a Southern sensibility. Like our whole family, like is has very Southern roots, but like the openness of California. I've always known I wanted to be in a storyteller. Like I if you asked me when i was two i could tell you i was going to go to spelman and that i wanted to be an actress singer and a dancer ambition yeah well and my family would be like actress singer dancer doctor that's funny um so i did like i made my my first play i think i was like eight or nine it was about miss pac-man and i built the (laughs) sets out of cardboard boxes and forced my cousins who had been kind of bullies in the past but somehow they always got on board whenever i wanted to do a show so we painted the things and i like sold tickets to the little um white ladies who lived across the street from us oh. um, for 10 cents <coughs> but my concessions were 25 cents per little bag of popcorn Okay, okay. So you better
2: had it in the mission listen okay.
3: listen um, little <laughs> no, business part. woman back yeah. there yeah. so, so like, I, like that's kind of where I started and I kept you know like taking small classes in places but my parents really, they really really did not want me to be an actor. Mm. So they let me take a few things but wouldn't let me actually get into professional acting at all. Um, and all the way up until when I went to college. But like that first semester I wilded out. I was like all over the place. I spent half my time at Morehouse um, hanging out in the dorms with my mm. boys and like, you know, <laughs> running the streets and partying and doing all kinds of stuff. She said it
1: like it was past then. She's still in the streets. Like, so,
3: so, sometimes. Mm. I mean, now, now I got a wifey at home. But like <laughs> then I was like really out <clears> of <throat> the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to study something for the next four years that I don't want to do with my life. So I told them I was switching majors. They, they told me they were going to pull me out of Spelman. My family is like five, six generations of Spelman. They were not pulling me out of fucking Spelman. <laughs> um, and I just stood my ground. And so I switched and, and finished out matriculating there, took a year op- off after and then applied to CalArts and ended up going to CalArts for grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just- You studied theater? Yeah, I studied theater mm-hmm. and acting, so yeah. both, both of my degrees, Let's I see, spent lots and lots of money for shit you can do without a degree. Facts.
1: Here's one of the things I like about you and, <laughs> you and Tristan is, and I've said this many times on the show, <clears throat> Wendy, excuse me, I'm a bit of a snob when I'm casting. <laughs> I'm a theater dude. So when I see, ooh, you went to Tish, Ooh, you went to Berkeley Rep? I'm like, whatever, I'm like, oh, this bitch can act, because I've been there. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and so, or you even Broadway. Like I'm one of the few people in LA who has respect for the Broadway mm-hmm. trained mm-hmm. actor, dancer, whatever the hell it is, because I know what it takes to do eight fucking shows a week. Yeah. It's and crazy cetera, the and, me when
3: people don't bro, get that. It's, the, it's the level of of attentiveness you have to do, and focus, and discipline that's required mm-hmm. for even knowing that you may only be like if you're in the chorus, you're doing all that for like slight precise moments Facts. that you're building up towards but that it just drills it into it's almost like i mean people poo poo on like soap operas but the reality mm-hmm. is like Same thing. the work you have to do to be able to get that many pages in and get a story out that quickly is right. like it's training
2: it's training
1: i used to tell people um like i grew up you know in the bay with you mm-hmm. and me and shamar more we would audition with each other but i would mm-hmm. always get the part because oh, I was the trained actor. Oh, mm. well,
3: yeah, because you guys were doing stage. And he, and he was
1: the model. Mm-hmm. And he moved to L.A., got the soap, and I watched him grow because mm-hmm. of the repetition. Mm-hmm. And learning lines is nothing for him because of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it, it is a great training, training ground that we just do not respect on this end. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah too bad too. It's like the prestige. It's like so <clears throat> funny how like things change over the years because TV used to be like that where like right. you would never a big name would never never do television. Right, and now you see everybody wanting right. to prestige do television. television. Yeah, yeah. The prestige. Prestige is, is now television. prestigious <laughs> because you've yeah. taken our jobs. <clears throat> exactly.
1: It's true, though. It's true. Um, so, so then
3: I just was, like, hitting the ground, like, doing my own, like, auditioning, like everybody else, looking for agents, doing the mm-hmm. sorts of thing I started doing. Um, I don't know if you guys know Town Street Theater. It's one of the oldest black theaters sure. in Los Angeles. Of course. So right out of grad school, I booked a play with them where I was, like, one <laughs> of the... Um, Leeds and Jolita, and and put that up and got to do that and did a really, you know, had a good run and got me one of I think our first mentions of Variety or something like that Mm -hmm. and and just kept like beating the theater kind of thing Mm -hmm. while I was still auditioning. It was slow. It's always like in and out, in and out, like as you kind of go through just the trenches of being in Los Angeles and having dramatic moments and but
1: but you were doing the work. Yeah, and it's one of the things. um, Going back to me being a snob, Wendy. I'm talking to Wendy. She's sitting in the audience listening to (laughs) it. Thank you, Wendy. What's your last name again? I forgot. Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. Wendy Cohen. And of course my man, Rich Redlow over there (laughs) chilling. Um, So this, this is my little snob side. (laughs) At least I, at least I admit it. (laughs) So I can't tell you how many times I've been in an audition where I'm sitting behind the desk with the casting director and other producers and an actor comes in, they do the scene the director gives them adjustments and I'm sitting there going, They've never done theater in their lives. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. only done scene study classes. Mm-hmm. They have no idea when I say, I want you to go upstage and do such and such, come back on that line, do blah 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 blah. You know how they to do in theater. Yeah. They're take, like take the note. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Take the note. <laughs> they have no idea. They're like upstage, like what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you know what's so funny? I actually like I have I wouldn't say criticized, but I get a lot of feedback about mm-hmm. how fast I move on when it comes to Um, My administrative work or my coordination work or just stuff that's not creative. Um, And even some of my writing work. And I move fast. Like, Mm -hmm. you say one thing and I'm like, got it. Thank you. Boom. And Mm -hmm. I get a lot of feedback being like, that was really like aggressive or a lie. And I just like, I just wanted you to like hear me out before you just did the action and changed it. And I was like, I took the note. Yeah. That's
3: fascinating. I took the note because that's
2: my trick. I take the note, you right. know? Um, but I get a lot of feedback about that. So that's interesting that you bring that up because it moves quick, you know, yeah. your brain like you hear yeah. it. And the, dan- it so. and the dancing. Yeah. You know, it has that. It's like, pick up the step. Let's yes. go. I, next, yes.
3: you know? I wonder if that's like a male presenting thing that they say. Because like if I'm in auditions, not not for theater, but like for mm-hmm. television, right. like that whole thing about taking adjustments, that's the reason why I liked a lot of times being in the room because I'm very, very good at taking adjustments yeah, and facts. getting exactly what they need and being right. like, play- yep, I can do it. Okay, yep. let's try it. Right. Or, or being like, they'll be like, you know what I mean? Maybe we'll see in a
4: minute.
3: Mm -hmm. I wonder
2: what roles, what helmets in our multi hyphenate worlds, like that quality is valued in. Is it only valued when you're an actor or writer? You know what Hmm. I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I think I I use that all the time. Like, I take the note and I move, you know? But I wonder if it's not um, as helpful in other parts of our lives that aren't creative. I don't Hmm. know. Been thinking about that. I've been meditating and journaling about that lately. I think,
3: I think you know, I think it depends on like how you are utilizing that. Like there's some things for, so like <clears throat> I found that in the different ways that I'm a multi hyphenate, like I completely like in my writing, I, I have people read it, I'll take notes on the writing and things and although like I have a mentor who said a wonderful thing to me once. They're like, notes are just data. It's yeah. somebody giving you data. Mm-hmm it doesn't mean it's like a right or it's a wrong, it's just data. And if it, it's letting you know that there's either something unclear or something that's bumping, and you just have to be figuring out what it is you actually wanted to communicate right. so that you can get clarity for yourself. And somebody may still not like that shit, but at least <laughs> it'll be clear. Like they'll get what you actually meant, right? But like on my poetry, when I paint, I'm taking no notes, sirs and ams. none. Yeah. Like none. Yeah, like I was that. like, you can go fuck yourself. It's going to be, it's going to be what it's I poetry. write. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I, when I sign it, it's the end. When mm-hmm. I sign the painting, it's the end. And somehow when I'm directing, it's almost like this weird combination. That I actually haven't completely been able to figure out the balance on because mm-hmm. it almost feels like somewhat painting with images <laughs> But then it's also telling a story. So there's sometimes where it feels like that intuitive thing that I want to do, like when I'm painting and I just do strokes or whatever. But then I also know it's valuable sometimes to take the note, like my, sh- my short film that I did, which I had basically a director for hire. So like I took over after everything else and did all the posts, did all the things mm-hmm. and everything leading up to that. <clears throat> and when I was in there, I was like, there's like a scene that I want. Do you know, um, is it Mark Car- I'm trying to remember, one of, the, one of the actors who was in it, mm-hmm. who I had a scene that everybody kept trying to tell me to cut, but I just really wanted to keep it. Mm-hmm. And, and the room was like, no, it just it just, it just, just needs to be cut. It probably needs to be cut on the page. It <laughs> needed to be cut when we were shooting, mm-hmm. and it for sure needs to be cut right now. I'm just going to stick it in the credits because I feel bad about asking an actor to come in at 6 in the morning, uh, and then we cut his scene. You know what I mean? But It happens, like, though. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. I could take that feedback and get it. Like I could honestly look at it and see that, but there's a part of me that's like, What things are just my own things? It's just like if I want to put that image there to create a feeling, right? And it's maybe experimental and somebody else doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: let me Mm -hmm. let me say this, and um, Tristan's about to go. To New York next year. I'm putting it out there to
2: to I'm do
3: this New project.
1: You've been wanting to i be in do. New York
2: every other day, <laughs>
3: <laughs> so <laughs> we know for sure that that will happen. We're putting it out there that it will be for something we that's a it. dynamic yes, story for this project. You
1: in the, in the laundry thing? You're or uh, it's the actually cleaners. in LA. It's or this here now. Are you? Mm-hmm. you moved in
3: here.
2: The that's, yeah. yeah, that's oh. what it's I was saying. Like, yeah, yeah. That opportunity or something better. Both.
3: Yes, both. Okay. Well, a year is a long time. Yes, and okay, and yes, and happen. But let me
1: just say this. Piggybacking off of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. My first film I did was this film called Troublesome. Two people stuck in a subway train. How the fuck are they going to get out? You know, Mm -hmm. the train is stopped in the middle of a blackout, right? Mm -hmm. It's about a therapist and his client who get trapped on this train and it turns into a therapy session gone wrong. And it's really (laughs) about the client Mm -hmm. finally admitting to his doctor that he's gay. Oh, and he's like a Kanye West type of big, big rapper. Mm-hmm. And it's heavy at the end when he finally spills the beans mm-hmm. and we kind of fade out on this mm-hmm. clarity. But mm-hmm. I was like... This is a project that you... What project is this? This is called Troublesome. Okay. I'll send it to you. Okay. You wrote this.
4: Yeah, <clears throat> right, I wrote and directed. This is the
1: first thing I wrote and directed for TV. I did Great. tons of theater and choreography. So. Great. But so... Um, uh, I'm sorry. Tons of theater. So... Um, I was like, and I had a vision. Mm -hmm. So one thing you'll discover the more you write and the more you film where your superpowers are. My superpowers, whether I'm in a room or whether I'm producing with you, whatever, I see moments, right? Mm. So I had this moment, this vision. I was like, okay, I made him a rapper. My nephew's like the number two rapper in Franklin Bay. What if I had him write a song called Troublesome?
4: Mm.
1: And we go into my friend. There's a big, you know, producer in L.A. I was like, we go into the studio, we'll shoot this song with him in there. And then in the chorus, the therapist walks in and they start dancing together to the chorus. <laughs> and I told this to my producers. They were like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, good. Well, you don't have to come that day. I'm going to read. Period. I'm going to yeah. <laughs> no. go. Just watch this. Yep. So they hated the idea. We edit the thing. They're like, "Oh, it looks actually it looks pretty dope."
3: I bet you got the biggest response when you mm-hmm. went to festivals. We went
1: to, when we when we when we screened it at the uh, was it the Renmark Theater, the Gay Theater, right there.
3: Yeah, the, um, you know what I'm talking at about the center. Yeah, yeah, yes,
1: we screened it there, and as soon as the end comes up, and he's in there rapping, boom, 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 and I did it really stylish. It looks beautiful, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it open the door opens. He looks over and sees him and in the chorus and they they kind of look at each other and they just and they st- and crying just went yes my producer was sitting next to me and he goes and i went told you mm-hmm. and he went i'll never doubt you again <laughs> you know what i mean
3: yeah, yeah my that's my like, my short go and with your
1: end in- seekers all i'm telling yes
3: yeah no i agree like that my that short my secrets and toys and then the one that i did for outfest this, right. earlier this year um there's two moments There's a moment in each one of them that somebody tried to get me to cut. Mm-hmm. That they're like, I don't think you really. I think that that's too much. And it's the thing that got the biggest laugh right. both times in both films. It's like you don't know. Like people are too afraid to. It, they think I'm too much.
2: Sure. <laughs> the, but the biggest compliment you can get about your work is like, I don't know how they pulled that off, but they did. Right. Like that's right. such a great thing. Yeah, sure. like, it shouldn't have worked, but it did. Mm-hmm. it's because it worked because it was you're weird that you were pulling out. You know. Right. And that for me is like if it was this whole like somber like coming out moment and then we have joy at the end like you, you that's, need, you need that's the, up, not...
3: or at least I feel like we need the uplift I think but y'all know joy is kind of my ish right, but like yeah. not everybody's like that but I think that that's that downbeat end on things I think is useful for people who need to build up a muscle around around that kind of like pain or trauma mm-hmm. because they have created a <clears throat> world where they don't have to experience it as much as people who are in marginalized groups right. for us can I move there Watch. I, I don't know if we can move there. Which is what, what, watch Origin. And you'll, it's like you watch Origin. That's a whole. I'm no, just gonna yeah. put that out there. All but right. um, but I think we need the other thing. Mm-hmm. I think we need the thing where we see that moment where it goes down like that, and that we see the resilience on the other side, mm-hmm. or that there's possibility for stability. I felt like other you side. needed hope. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because we need fucking yeah. hope. Yeah. Listen, we we've, we've got enough pain and trauma that that right. like. Yeah. I'm not saying we don't need those stories, but I, it, that's for other people right. to get it because they need to see extremes of our experiences for them to have compassion and empathy. I don't need that to have compassion and empathy. I see that shit every day.
1: Let me ask you this. So I avoided personally... I This is 2009 when we made this film, mm-hmm. right? I have 30 projects in, 33 projects in now. So here's the thing now is what I would have done differently. So in the film, he never says he's gay.
4: Mm.
1: He says paparazzi caught me with my pants down. Mm. And he pauses for a long beat as it tears with Mm -hmm. another man. Mm -hmm. And you see the register on the the doctor Mm -hmm. go like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You? (laughs) You know what I mean? And, you know, he continues his spiel, but he never says he's gay. If I was who I am now, he would have just Mm -hmm. fucking said it. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that Mm -hmm. was a different time.
3: Mm And it also sounds like maybe that was a different character coming through you too, because for somebody, there's a lot of men who have, what well, a lot of people, not right. even just like a lot of people, period, that have challenges <coughs> admitting to themselves or even saying the word. Like, yeah. it, 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 there's people in that still are in down-low culture now that will say like, if they're the ones receiving, they're not gay. <laughs> Facts. Facts. So, I mean, it's right. just a different character. Like, you may have chosen to flesh him out into a different person, right. but like then you made him the character that that was coming through you at the time.
1: And that's why I think most of us over 45. Have an issue? Ha- I don't have an issue anymore. Actually, talking with you made me ease it. I used to have a big issue with the word queer, mm-hmm. and it's—I understand it a little bit more now because it was that same gay. Mm-hmm. I'm gay. You know what I mean? Queer? Oh, queer. That's really feminine to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, oh, it's a, it encumbences so many things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the reason why I use right. it because
3: it's an umbrella. Right? They're, like I—I I have some older. Um, Especially gay men who, who came out in like the 70s or 80s, where it was <coughs> such a painful right. epithet that was used against them um, that came with a lot of violence. Yeah, um, And so for them, that's what it feels like. Right. For me, what it feels like is instead of being having... I think labels are useful as a beginning of a conversation versus being a box. Mm-hmm. And what queer using the word queer does is make it so it's not possible for you to put me in a box. You just know I'm not straight.
2: It allows for fluidity like and flexibility. Yeah. and and um, you know the wind to move. Yeah, that's and, what yeah, it that, that's for. and you also have to talk yeah. to that's my t-shirt. ass. Yeah, to that's
3: find that's out. <laughs> You have to talk to me to find out what yeah, is actually there. It it's like, am I gender? Am I gender expansive? Am I? You know, am, am I bi? Am I pan? Am I, yep. you know, yep. the ace? Am I, you know, like yep. I, I could be any of these different labels. And by saying queer, like you actually have to have a conversation with me to actually begin to understand it more, right. which I think allows us to to expand people's compassion for the mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. actually.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we gonna go back to that. That's, <laughs> That's deep. That's, That's deep. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I noticed I was looking at some of your stuff last night, um, Delilah. 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 I did it again. I told you. you, you just, I just had it. I apologize. PR. It's her PR. <laughs> it's her <PR> team.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who reps her? Um,
1: <laughs> it's my British accent. That's all it is. You know what I mean? Um, so here's the interesting thing. I was watching one of your old reels from way back. Mm. And it's funny because there's, there's a character you play really well, which is um, like... I don't know if sophisticated is the word I want to use, but just like that clean-cut woman at the office.
3: Oh, I wonder which project. I mean.
1: There's like several on your reel, just like a yeah. bunch of They'd little... they be liking me for
3: that. Smart, you know what I mean? Smart black lady in an office. But here's the deal.
1: What's, what's What I like about it with you, knowing that you are much more raw than that, <laughs> <laughs> much more grittier than that, that you go to there like you guys know me a little bit mm-hmm. but if you saw my reel i was like shooting people and do, playing homeboys and gangbangers mm-hmm. like all that And people like really i'm that like bro i'm from strange. there though
3: that, <laughs> so that seems like the idea the thought of you completely with your little cute face and your completely. little being
1: in all of that, and, if all
3: acting, of
2: that. You know, yeah listen yeah
1: i mean and, and um it, it i literally was playing roles like fucking lorenz tate and menace society type of shit wow and so but where I'm from, that's easy to me. Mm-hmm. And it was also I yeah. realized I gravitated toward the bad guy roles to avoid uh, showing that I was soft. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, absolutely. When I it was makes an actor, sense. absolutely. Even it if it's sense. theater, it's like, ooh, that's the homeboy part. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. the whatever. especially you know
3: what I mean? during the time that you were, yeah. Like that concern. This still actually has a concern for a lot of bi or right. queer male actors, like. That they'll be perceived a certain way and won't, and will be pigeonholed or won't right. even be able to get the audition for right. things. And I've watched that happen where somebody just suspected and all, and somebody else got the part.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, let me see. Oh, so here's where I was going was you you, you actually do really well in like TV. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how how did you make that transition to okay. from theater to to TV.
3: So I always knew I wanted to do television. One, it's a steady paycheck um, if you get a good job. Um, But it's just something I've always... That that feeling of like, there's nothing like being on a stage and and having the interaction with the audience. But then that moment is is gone. Like, you can't rewatch it. And there's something about and maybe it's my neurodivergence where I just literally sometimes if it's sight, if it's out of mind, it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of having something that I could go back and look at and see performances and right. things. Um, so it, LA is more TV grounded. So I, I kept doing theater, but I, when I got cast in things, but my agents were sending me out on television stuff. So they started to get to know me as and, and being doing like these guest star roles and then mm-hmm. like the recurrings and that sort of thing. Um, and so it just kind of leaned its way that way because of where i was living i don't know if it would have been different if i was in new york um it, here they tend to like the agencies often don't even submit you for theater i happened to be at the time with an agency that was like loved theater mm-hmm. but there just wasn't as much work here especially yeah. for black actors right. like you know my agent at the time was so happy when bountiful trip to bountiful came mm-hmm. to town and he <coughs> could get me in for that and then i got like the um i was uh, vanessa's understudy in that okay. mm-hmm. um which, but I actually got to perform the role though in Boston, mm-hmm. um, and so he loved it. But a lot of people don't submit you for as much of that because it takes you out of the running no. for things that can make them way more money. Yeah, I was about to say, and it's
1: not the real money Absolutely. for not the money. Yeah. Exactly. So it
3: wasn't anything like I had to had to do for that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I did realize at one point I was saying you were asking career-wise, like how I got even more into like doing producing stuff and that sort of thing too. Now, I was going to ask
1: you about your web series. Like, how did that yeah. come about too? Yeah.
3: So I when I was coming out of the closet, I was like a late bloomer of realizing that i was queer Mm -hmm. and i had wait you're
1: queer
4: (laughs) (laughs) almost gay for
3: pay friends almost gay for pay um but like i was we were clueless like there was like four of us that were by who had not been like out in the open didn't go through like a lot of the things that other people went through in their coming out process and it Mm -hmm. felt like the blind fucking leading the blind we were having all these (laughs) conversations and we're like we don't know. And we're talking to each other and trying to figure out things. And I was like, there should be a show where somebody's talking about this stuff. There's like nothing for us. Right. Like everything is geared towards the boys. And this is in like two, I started first talking about this, like 2006, 2007. Oh, literally nothing. Yeah. Literally like there's nothing. Nothing, was,
1: nothing. Was, was, was Noah's Ark comeback thing? Or I forget what queer, year Noah's Ark came out. Queer as folk and all that shit. And-
3: the, the L word had ju- just been yeah, starting like within oh, that okay. time where I was having those right. conversations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But some of the depiction, well, that's a whole other, that's a whole (laughs) other can of worms. Um, But it was a mix of that, like having that idea and saying that over and over again, like we're having these interesting conversations that are helpful to each other from very different perspectives, but I don't have anybody to go to that's having them other than us. And then also, like back then, do y'all remember that? This was back in the day, Savoy, that Mm -hmm. black entertainment magazine from back in the day. Mm -hmm. They used to do a 10, like directors to look out for every year. And I realized that through, like, several groups or, like, things that were connected to my kid, I knew, like, out of the 10 they picked that year, I knew, like, I think four of their home phone numbers and our kids mm-hmm. played together and I still wasn't working. Yeah. And it was, like, and I know that they couldn't, and, like, I was a Project Involve honoree and, like, Vondi Curtis Hall was my mentor mm-hmm. and I knew him in case Like, but it's, like, because I didn't have a big enough name even if they wanted to cast me, right. they would have trouble getting me up the totem pole at the studio. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, I've got to raise visibility. So like between the two, I was like, we should do this show. Mm-hmm. And I'll put my, I'll put myself on the screen. And so I talked to my friends, but they were very like, I was like, we should do it. Because I'm wanting to do a week. Like, we should do it. <laughs> and they're like, well, when you get that together, <laughs> we'll
1: show up. Exactly. Um, and we ain't what? gonna help you do it, but when yeah. you do it, we'll right. do it.
2: I love that you just bring up raising visibility as a strategy in right. the long game. That's why I'm doing theater again. Yeah. Yes, it's all about just being seen and, right. and being seen and, and getting to people yeah. like
3: to, to mm-hmm. be talking mm-hmm. about you. Know what I mean, because yep. it was and, and like doing again doing theater here that that'll give you a little bit. Like I did um, uh, this play called Blue Bonnet Court. It won the the Glad Award that year for mm-hmm. theater. I got a write up like every review of it mentioned me by name every single one but it still just didn't get me enough visibility for them to push it um to put oh sorry um to push it up to the level that i really wanted to be at Um, Adds a little thing yeah and one of the people i really wanted to be on the show was from new york and she booked a film out here and so somebody else was flying her out i said we need to shoot it like this weekend and after ellen who was owned by viacom at the time and like they own logo and all that stuff um They were doing a contest where they were looking for new shows. So, like, I, on a wing and a prayer, I was like, we've got to do this. Asked a friend for her apartment that had a gorgeous view of downtown. We shot like three episodes of the show and just changed outfits so it looked like it was on different days. So, you used
1: your resources?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think think his name was. Patricio at the Baja <laughs> Fresh in Hollywood and I I called and I begged and I said we really just need a donation it's, and he gave me food for 20 people for $20 go. God bless him mm-hmm. oh, yes. and donated it sick. you know what I mean see what that, happens when you ask yep. yeah and yeah, I asked yeah, I was like cool. I know we need like three camera People, there's a couple organizations I belong to. I asked for the camera people to show up. And then one of my dear friends who did not want to be on camera was mm-hmm. a reality TV producer. And so I was like, we should do this. Can we do this together? Yeah, right. So we basically created together, shot the first three episodes. And when we turned them into After Ellen Viacom, they're like, uh, we have nothing like this. This is better than everything we got. I'm pulling you out of the contest and let's talk about right. licensing nice. and figuring it out. But it was like one of, it was literally, whoa, 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 I think whoa. one of, my 10%? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of the first ever, actually, I, I haven't been able to confirm this for sure, but like actually like 22 minute to half hour streaming shows online period. Like right, okay. we started in 2008 streaming online, where people are, are only watching it online, and it wasn't mm-hmm. on television yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it got picked up by OutTV in Canada, and they asked us to license it so they could put it oh, on That's c-
1: the Canada part. Okay. Yeah, it went it right. went
3: to cable there. Right. Right. So it was like, basically, oh. out there, it was like, I think OutTV's, like at the time, was like their number four cable up there um and so they licensed (laughs) it we did five seasons of that um and it did raise visibility it still didn't get me to where i wanted to completely acting wise but it did get me way more visible within the queer community entertainment people knowing me as a producer and then sometimes starting to pull me on to different things that way
1: hold on what was that panel we did a couple months ago
3: um it was for uh glad the um that's it the um black queer creative summit which is amazing Incredible. let me just say this so when
1: she <laughs> mentioned this the crowd roared about her show so everybody okay, knows her
3: okay, show come on. so i just want to give you um, a, give you, a you flowers work. now girl you work. there's a lot of um baby queer especially femme centered people that um we got some beautiful feedback from like i still right. get people saying that like one of the one of the young women at the event walked up to me she said are, are you from cherry bomb i was like yeah she's like she's like i used to sneak and watch you and I would I would queue up the Disney Channel so that if my mom came in I could switch it to last so that she wouldn't know that I was watching oh, wow. to learn We used to get letters from and what was crazy is we get the we get almost identical letters from the Middle East Ooh. as we got from the Midwest because they weren't geolocking stuff the oh. same way they are now and they would be like you know I could die in my community like in the Middle East they meant literally like if yeah. they, if my community mm-hmm. found out I was gay, they would For kill sure. me mm-hmm. um, Stone they're like and everything yeah and they were like, and your show makes me feel less alone Wow.
2: I mean that's the point.
3: Yeah, which is which you, you is did the point. The thing. You did yeah, the thing. which is literally was the point. Um, so like I started more of my activist stuff started coming up because right around the time that the show started too is when the um, no the Prop Eight situation happened too, mm-hmm. and I realized there was a disconnect between the queer community and the black community in a big way. They weren't even letting queer people who wanted to help canvas in black neighborhoods talk about why they should you know not support. Prison. You know, the marriage ban. And, and I'd be in rooms and there'd be folks yelling at each other. And, you know, I I had friends in Atlanta who white gay men were walking up to them in the park and saying, why do you not want me to get married? And they're yeah. like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Because <laughs> Prop 8 was not in Georgia, friends. Right, it, is right. only in Ca- it was only in California. And they had nothing to do with it. And I was like, there's a disconnect in this community conversation. And so I started becoming the kind of intersectional and just that's why I decided to get more involved in the conversations, which yeah. also started raising my visibility and entertainment things around that too. That's dope. That's dope. And
2: you're making a difference. Yeah. That's
1: the point? Tristan, I yeah. liked how you said, <clears throat> after hearing what she said, like the reason I started my company and started, you know, producing projects was I was tired of waiting for Hollywood. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That really, really was at the core of it all. I was like, I'm a boss person.
4: Mm -hmm. It's just
1: like in my blood. So whenever I have to work for somebody, I always like, ugh. You know, even when I'm on staff, I'm like, yeah. I, gotta, I should be running the show. Like, that's just where mm-hmm. my head goes. That doesn't mean I don't ride my lane. You never know that that's how I feel inside. Bitch. Yeah. But <laughs> no, you, do, you do your job. Yes.
3: But you actually know your actual place.
1: Yeah. I just know where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, yep. I have big dreams and you know what and I mean? Yeah.
2: You know, big picture. Exactly. What's going exactly. On. Yeah, I watch a lot of, and narrowed, I unfortunately
1: yeah. watch a lot of Dame Dash and, and Rick Ross and those guys and they're like, stop working for folks. Be your own boss. I'm like, okay, bitch. That's what I need to do you <laughs> know so they just inspire me to want to you know keep doing my shit um so and, let me just at the very play. least
2: for anybody like sorry to, to keep right. hold that part don't lose that at the very least like that's our mindset that everyone should have like right. even if we don't work for ourselves yeah like, we need to be running our life like a business in that right. way you know where we have autonomy right and at the very at least, least.
3: The, at least the ones of us that want to do that I, to keep it real there's some people who really don't want that like exactly. I exactly i talk to people sometimes and i'm always thinking that people especially Years ago, I was always trying to help people move forward, and I was, I was like, no, you could do this. Like my, but my, if they
2: don't want it. They don't want it. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. But
3: they won't. They don't necessarily talk about that. Like, and some of my intuitive stuff, I would be like, oh, if you just do this, this, and this, and like we can do, it, it'll push you to that next thing. Right. Like it's one of my intuitive gifts. Actually, it's I, it's much. I'm much better at it for other people than I am for myself. Like most <laughs> people are, <laughs> but I realized over time, I was like, oh, this person is just not ready to do that yet. So they're not ready to leap into mm-hmm. that section yet. Mm-hmm. Whereas like. For me, it's like, I know that I want it, but sometimes, often people treating me like that's not my place, or being uncomfortable with the ideas, or trying to, like, make me smaller somehow, right. mm-hmm. or saying, like, you're too much, you're not enough, or you don't know this, or you're not, and it's <clears> like, <throat> it, like, my thing is having to get that internal thing of that, no, yeah, I am, whatever place you're imagining is not where, that's not can, where You I've, can hear the call. That's in. not where i You know, you yeah. hear the call,
2: you hear where you're headed. It,
3: yeah, I, and I can feel, like, I can yeah. feel the the bigness and the things and it's like the leaning into owning that instead of trying to shrink because my light makes other people uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. and, yeah. and my freedom makes other people uncomfortable sometimes like yeah. how free i am within myself
1: and i agree like i know some people who are co-ep's who don't want to run the show and i'm like why go that far <laughs> in my head mm-hmm. but i understand that some people would rather show up to work, do the job, job. and enjoy the rest of their lives because you run another damn show. You don't have no life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and I get that. And you still can make a lot of money, you know what I mean, being in that position. So I I get that. I get that in the context of it all. I'm just somebody who likes that. I always look at it like, I always say, like, my favorite place, I love the writer's room. I'm great in the writer's room. But I love being on the set Mm -hmm. when I'm in charge.
2: Mm. (laughs) You didn't say
1: that. (laughs) Because that is when it's fun to me. I like solving the problems. Mm -hmm. I like having you directing and you don't even realize I put out three fires over there Mm -hmm. while you were in the middle of that scene. You know what I mean? And then three weeks later, I'm like, Delilah, you ain't going to believe it. Delilah, you ain't going to believe it. Girl, Mm. I almost took Tristan by the throat.
3: <laughs> which, which time exactly. like, which time exactly. But like you like Was it for
2: fun?) <laughs> Are the camera's rolling. Exactly. Um, but you'd like it because you're good at it. Yeah. Like we're drawn to what we know we're good at and what we like, receive praise on. It's like, right. okay, like, I'm not great at everything, you know, but I'm really darn good at what I am good right. at, and that's what I'm going to continue to move towards in the big picture. So like you know that's what you're. Right. That's your gift. Um,
1: like, I could tell Tristan you'd probably be a great line producer you you probably going to be a great director, too. But only the reason why I say that is because you're a detailed person. Very much so. And when, you, when you're a so. line producer, you have to be so involved in so many different logistics things. Yeah. Like, I'm a logistics person, but I don't want to do the budget. I want to hire somebody to do budget oh, honey, yeah. and work with you while you do it. <laughs> <That's real. laughs> yeah, so I've That's done that before. I'm done with that. Real. I'm not that dude. I'm yeah. more creative. Yeah. I have different know? gifts. Yeah, yeah. All the I'm gifts. a creative
3: producer, yeah. but listen, I also am a structure breaker. So, like, if there's a problem in the budget where we're having trouble figuring out how to do something, if you can explain to me, I can find a way to yes. find the money or find a way to work this other thing or Absolutely. to you know
2: show me the money.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Tristan, I was starting That's to ask you, um, you, 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 you. You're going back to theater, which I think is great. Now, just hear me out in where I'm going with this. Um, and you were saying this a little bit earlier, Lila. Watch this. Actors, new act, newer actors who come to me and ask me what should they do.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's what I always say. This is just my mm-hmm. opinion. I always say, especially if you're like a comedy actor, I'm like, improv. you should be doing improv all day long. You don't need to be doing in theater. You don't need to do nothing. But if you're a real actor, meaning dramatic actor, Mm -hmm. you got to get your ass on that stage. There is nothing like learning your body, the repetitiveness of doing a scene, the the hearing the audience, knowing when to pause for the laugh. There's nothing like any of those things you're going to you're going to understanding where the light is, upstaging yourself, like all these different things you do that are going to make you so much more a better actor. Just going for you, because you are also, you know, a TV and film actor yourself, um, why would somebody choose to go back to doing theater when they could be taking such and such as class?
2: Yeah, 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 You know how people are in L.A. They're like, why would I do all that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like I'm not the best person for this question just because I have not been pursuing acting in a while. Okay. Um, And and after this WGA strike and after just kind of, after COVID and just all these things, rearranging what I want and how I'm going to get there. The reason... Listen, I, I ended up doing like three theater gigs during the strike because I was just like, well, I'm not going off interviews and I'm not right. having generals, so yeah. let's go somewhere where I know mm-hmm. money's going to happen. And like I just said to you, I was like, you kind of gravitate to what you're good at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And You do um, lose your weekends, though. You lose your weekends, <laughs> so, you know, and I'm like, exactly. okay. Uh, but, you know, what? And I wasn't trying to go back to theater at all. Okay. Um, but now that that ball is back in the air, I'm realizing the value in keeping it in the air. Mm-hmm. Um... And I also realizing how much I missed it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the lifestyle <laughs> by any means, um, but the community of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, or the craft of it. Like, um, so I'm just realizing, okay, there's a, there's a lot here that I want back in my life, uh, but I don't really want to go back into the uh, the audition grind, audition yeah. five times a week. You know, I right. just really have no interest <laughs> in that. Um, and what I'm really pursuing is TV writing. Right. Um, however. In the last couple months of all these theater gigs popping off, the visibility of just people mm-hmm. seeing, oh, this other side of me. Oh, you're doing, oh, you're actually really great at that. I just think people are starting to see me in other lights out here, which right. I didn't necessarily introduce myself when I moved out to Los Angeles. And I have this, like, debilitating fear of being pigeonholed as an actor. Mm. Um, so that's a whole different story, because right. I just don't want that ever to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's just so hard because I'm so pretty, you know.
3: I, I, I this is really you know, hard. You know, sir, I literally, I literally started to say, "You so pretty," and then I was thinking about our conversation earlier. I was like, "Do we want to pivot to that conversation?" We're pivoting. You're, we're pivoting right
2: It's so hard. It's so hard to be this gorgeous. Um, no, wow. so but anyway, in in realness, um, why would it, you want to? I mean, I don't know. I think there's a beauty. There's just a beauty in. Making something with people, and there's no money in it <laughs> at no. all. So that's definitely not the reason. Uh, but it's.
3: Unless it gets turned into TV.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think for me, it's the project. For me, um, I mean, that's why I, like, I'm right. like, I want this specific project. I want that because I know that is going to blow the top off of this, and I know that's going to get eyes on this, and that is i'm thinking long game yes with kind of how i'm going back into theater uh-huh. versus when i was in that audition actor grind before i even started tv writing right. it was just get a job get a job get a job <laughs> I get check out i hope i get it <laughs> i hope i get, I get it. it you know <laughs> uh but but i don't have that because Dance i have other balls extreme. in the air but um, <laughs> you know i look at you two and i'm like okay like i need to continue to be um all facets of my multi-hyphenate Absolutely. and stop almost pigeon-holding myself yeah. um, if, if TV writing's not popping off right now, you know, if I have my samples sitting on a bunch of desks and they're not getting read yet you know, and I have a few, those are balls in the air, yeah. but what am I going to do while the ball's in the air I can't catch them yet, let me throw some more balls in the air um, so I'm, I'm slowly massaging out how to right. do that Uh, a little bit more efficiently and stop I think what I used to do was very much like I'm a writer right now and then as soon as that kind of thing I'm I'm like okay Okay. now I'm an actor for a couple months you know and and I need to keep them all going
1: before you walked I'm sorry let me just say this right quick, if you don't mind I don't know
2: I don't think I answered your question whatsoever I'm going to feel it but
1: we're called the rant room
2: yeah
1: (laughs) Roadmap Writers is best known for connecting emerging writers with literary representation through personal and strategic marketing plans developed with the writer. Check them out, y'all, at RoadmapWriters.com and see all the cool stuff they have going on there. Be sure to follow them on the socials and make sure you use the code RANTROOM23, all caps, y'all, for a 10% off on everything. Links in the show notes. Ever wonder how to bottle up pure excitement, unbridled joy, and limitless potential in a single word? Woohoo! Woohoo Apparel is on a mission to unleash the infectious energy of woohoo onto the world. And they're doing it with undeniable style. I'm talking cool, fun designs made of soft-combed, ring-spun USA premium cotton and 50% polyester, and in sizes from small to extra large to fit all woohoo enthusiasts across the globe. Get your t-shirts and apparel at woohooapparel.com and use the promo code woohoo S-R-R. That's capital W O O H O O, lowercase S R R. Links in the show notes. So we were talking offline before we started Mm -hmm. a little bit about this. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you that I stopped acting in 2003, 2004, Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. And my last show I did was Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Mm -hmm. right? And I had just came off of recurring on like three different shows. And I never came back for any of the shows. I was just, you got recurred, the show got canceled. You got recurred, the show got Mm canceled. Right. So I was like, fuck that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And I wrote the script and, you know, shit changed. But it took me three or four years to reinvent mm-hmm. that I was the writer and not the actor anymore. Because people only knew me as this actor who could dance and you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, I have to really show. But luckily for me, two years later, that script put me on the list at Sundance and everybody's like, oh, you're writing writing. Oh. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? I've
3: been right. writing
5: writing. Exactly. I've been writing,
3: but so you just needed some <laughs> yes. validation. Exactly, for yeah, 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 yeah. exactly.
1: So what, what happened for you?
3: Um, I, I was still getting all this. I kept writing, but I was not doing like where I have to write constantly, constantly. I have projects that just, I'm an idea machine, like seriously, an idea machine. Like I can't, I literally can't turn it off. So I just write them turn down. Turn it off and like a light. Can't do it. goes quick.
2: <laughs> That's a different show. That's no, another that show. show.
3: <laughs> um, so I, I would just write down ideas and then I'd start like dra- like different drafts. I think I wrote my first pilot coming like after I graduated from Spelman, actually. And then I just kept kind of working on it a little bit over the years. And it was, at one point, it was like in the hands of like, I think Robbie Reed and like Ruben Cannon crew over there for a minute. But weirdly enough. Robbie Reed's here now oh interesting yeah, yeah I, it got to her through somebody else that was like a friend at the time and they decided not to do anything with it but I also wasn't pushing it because at the time I was married to another writer and I felt like at the time now he's very supportive as a friend yeah. but at the time it would have ruined our marriage if I popped as a writer before he did mm-hmm. um, and so I didn't it's a real thing you know, I, was, I was really like Shonda Rhimes yep. offered to mentor me back then She he worked on Crossroads on her film Crossroads and I loved the script like mm. she nobody knew her yet and I just mm-hmm. I read it because he was working I was like this is this is really really friggin' good Mm -hmm. but i just i was scared to like push it because of people discounting me as an actor and then whatever other personal problems which i had to then like move through like standing in myself over time Mm -hmm. um but fast forward i kept writing i've written a a script with a couple people before i've pitched to you know like holly berry's company at one point like i started like pursuing it a little bit but not really putting myself out there by myself right And then I had a really bad writer's breakup with um, somebody that I was helping with a project. Like we'd gone through and like broke the whole first season, but it was a pilot they wrote um, that they had said that they were going to put me on as co-creator, but Mm -hmm. that means that they had to give me a partial story by credit in the pilot, which ultimately they chose not to do. And they had a problem with that, really. Yeah, they did. Um, Yeah, it was. It was. It was. painful actually Mm because we've been friends for a lot of years I've been down that road um Mm -hmm. and we even had contracts for a lot of stuff even one that said the the co-creator thing but when i realized the wga wouldn't give the co-creator credit unless they put the story by and there was actually some stuff that we had written in the season Mm -hmm. that she was adding a scene to the pilot that was from that stuff so like i actually had written part Mm -hmm. of the story Mm -hmm. um but she refused to do it and it turned into an email exchange that was actually very racially tinged which i also wouldn't have thought um I I was like, am I crazy? I had my therapist read it. My therapist is white. And she's like, (laughs) she read and I didn't say anything. She's like, "Um, this is mean. And also there's some really horrible racist undertones in this. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, right. Okay, so I am not crazy. (laughs) Um, But in the grieving process, because she also said things like, well, my scripts are like eight and nines and yours aren't even like a six or seven. I mean, like she was saying shit like that. And I was like, am I I really? I was like, am I crazy? Am I crazy? I've been doing studying story for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I'm doing play analysis, writing all this stuff for a very long time. But this is not what my degree is in. Mm-hmm. It's not what her degree was in either, by the way. <laughs> um, but whatevs. Um, guess, is the bit still working? <laughs> <That's> yeah, <right. laughs> so, but she moved back crazy. to Philly last <laughs>
1: week.
2: <laughs> Philly, come
1: on. Philly. <laughs> I don't
3: actually. I don't know what she's doing. I, I, I when by I'm the teasing. Time, I'm teasing. yeah, by the time I got the second <laughs> ra- racially tinged email, I just stopped communicating. That's um, smart. Yeah. But I did a lot of internal, like, I was like, let me really examine this myself. I know that I need to get better at structure, but right. I always would edit to structure and take notes to structure. So it's like, I get it out first. That's what a lot of writers do. But I was like, let me, let me really be not harshly self-examined, but like really balls to the wall. Ask for people, ask people I know who know what they're doing to give me like unvarnished like, tell me, is Rip the story working? Yeah, is the story working? With. Is the story not working? Is it? Is it that somebody's confused because of this, or is it because they're, they're not culturally sensitive around this? So I had, like, a white male, um, uh, I think he's straight, manager read it. I had another mm-hmm. friend who's a biracial black woman who, like, runs an MFA program. Like, I, I sent it out to several people, and everybody's like, oh, this is, amazing and it's fresh and like all okay so i'm not crazy Mm -hmm. great um great but i was like let me start taking some classes because covid hit Mm -hmm. and i was like i what i can't act in anything right now Mm -hmm. i'm in this like really the state of like hyper anxiety and hyper vigilance which i've never had before because i was so worried i was taking care of my mom and all these things and there was no place to put it so i was like okay i'm gonna start taking some sundance collab classes some other things and start like stuff that I've already written drafts of, like rewrite the drafts, get the polishes on it. And I started doing that. And I was like, you know what? After I did a few of those and got like some stuff into really like good shape, I probably towards halfway through last year, I decided like, and again, this has been a process over several years now at this point, I decided, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to throw spaghetti at the wall. I'm just going to start investing in myself and I'm going to pick the contest that I think, um, might be resonant or might get if if it gets traction in it at all it'll at least get me visibility so that people start to see me as this because the acting stuff is still slow right now Mm -hmm. right Um, and then I started placing Mm -hmm. and stuff so like that was helpful Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's
1: the
2: validation people needed
3: yeah Yeah,
1: I always tell everybody when it comes there's you gotta find your even in submitting to a competition you gotta find your why of why you're doing it and
2: be intentional
1: you have to and for me like how I got the Sundance thing or Mm -hmm. Nichols or anything was I was like, okay, I had Tristan and Dalila read my scripts. I've done my notes. Where is it now? Mm -hmm. That was my why. It wasn't like, oh, I got to win Chesterfield or some shit. I was like, let me see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Oh, it only made it to the semis. I still got some more work to do. That's all it was for me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm this out to the whole world. This, for this is the e- second e- ego round is what I'm not like, there. No, yeah, no, which no. is
2: like you're, you know this this ex-writing partner and just like that mindset right. about like I'm not doing this to win. You know I'm doing this to be better. And, and you eventually and for, do though. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's yeah. not about that. Right. No. Um, and I find so many writers really get caught up in that ego. They yes. really get caught up in that. And it's no. like, well, I placed in this competition, so I'm not going to take your script consulting right. notes. And you're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Why did you exactly. come to me? Exactly. <laughs> Well, now know. that's that's stupid. why did you why? pay pay for astronauts and, okay. and don't take them? You just wanted me to worship you, like what maybe, did you want? Maybe I um, mean
3: you're, you. We determined you're awfully cute. I uh, think most people do the give you, most people
1: do give you the script. In my opinion, they want you to tell you how good it is. That's
3: of so course we hear to me. People do. Well, no, I, I'm. I understand the feeling though. I do want you to tell me I'm fucking brilliant. Are you crazy? Of course I want you. But to But I want you to tell that. me how to be better. But uh, yes, if and or or affirm the things that work or things that bump. Correct. And then I decide whether or not that if it's bumping for you, if 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 it's clear what I'm trying to communicate, and you got I was trying to communicate, but it's still bumping for you, mm-hmm. that may or may not be because of just a difference in taste there's or whatever no it. I have like there's a couple that's interesting like I actually will celebrate everyone so if I my second rounds my quarterfinals whatever I'm taking every single one of being like yeah. great but and some of them it's really at least with my work I, I, because it's like kind of unconventional black stories that are not often not linear and do kind of different things there's just some people that just aren't going to resonate with them mm-hmm. or they won't get everything and so I've had to figure out ways but what happens is if I figure out the way to frame it There's sometimes where I haven't changed a single other word other than the way that I framed it at the top of the script, and all of a sudden people start completely... Getting exactly what I meant and like loving context is really important. Like
2: adjusting someone's expectations before they even get into the story, so that they really can like
3: go with it without without bumping. Right. Um, So for me, sometimes the competitions is like okay. I I actually stopped asking for feedback from competitions. I started asking for feedback specifically from people that I need a like a specific take on it, or like I need to know is this bumping for you too? What's missing here? Like, there's one I have this like a fantasy black cannabis fae project um and it's got a lot in it cuz it's based on like i have like a whole set of novels and graphic novels mm-hmm. and stuff yeah mm-hmm. which if you're not into fantasy it's a lot like the pilot is just Super dense. It's Ooh. an entire new IP world. You don't have it in the back of your mind like you have a Harry Potter. So you, you if you're into, but anybody you're who's, learning
2: while you're reading, yes, yeah,
3: and and you have to just go with shit. But I found that people who are not into fantasy are like, this is too much, and you don't need this much explanation. But then if I if I didn't have the explanation, they're like, I don't understand what's going on here, and I need to know what that means, right? But people who are used to reading that kind of stuff, they they know that they'll eventually learn it, and so they just kind of go with the flow of it. So it's also like knowing what genre. And who's mm-hmm. reading it and who your there's, audience mm-hmm. is. You
2: know? I mean, but intentional targeting who's going to read. Yeah. Competitions, it's your readers. It's a huge reader pool. Yeah. And um, you don't have no idea what their experiences yeah. I've, are. I've
1: had to adapt some dense things. And that is where you simplify. And you, um, what do you call it when you, I'm going like on all of a sudden. Um, composite. You composite characters a lot mm. to simplify the world. So what happens is you get a book. And you stay on the nose about what it is or the characters and how many there are and there's 50 characters in the thing and you go, okay, really the point of view only makes sense with these people. The through line is really only this. So all those people you see, you see in season two. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you start to simplify things and you start to, I like to cheat the world Mm -hmm. through somebody's point of view. So Mm -hmm. whether it's, just using this as, as an example, whether it's the, the voiceover device mm-hmm. or whether it's a character, like in most shows, somebody has a best friend who tells you mm-hmm. about yourself. You know what I mean? So you don't have to, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's the device of somebody who um, um, tells you about the world. You know, mm-hmm. you know you can't do that because here such and such could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You go, ah, in this world, this thing mm-hmm. works. So it's always just about how clever you decide to show the device is how... I try to make my scripts simple, but complicated, if that makes sense. What I mean yeah. is not so simple that it's like, oh, my God, that's so like simple. Like where they're
3: rich, where they're, they're, they're having, they it's, have an elegance and yes, richness. It's, it's, you know. it's
1: colored. It's textured. Like they, 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 The characters mm-hmm. just feel like people you, mm-hmm. you're you sitting there watching the movie yourself. Yeah. Like That's yeah. what I try to do. Yeah,
3: know? There's an interesting thing that I know that um, I am not at the skill point yet to execute this, the level that I want to execute it, but I am trying to decolonize some of our storytelling um, in a way that we usually put it through a Western lens and we do like the hero's journey and individualism and all that stuff. I don't, I, I also do not think that that is the best for most marginalized communities. So most of the things I write are also ensemble pieces or two handers or things like that. So I've been working on like the ways to kind of like keep enhancing that but where it's also satisfying for an audience that's used to western storytelling because it's 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 a fine line like i've been on the jury for outfest for the international jury and i can see why even though like i love that kind of stuff like that the difference in the pacing Mm -hmm. that comes out of a different Mm -hmm. culture is sometimes not easy for our culture to digest in a way yeah, yeah in a way that's satisfying and that we don't feel bored or that we can't just go with it right so i'm still like honing my ways to do that for this script they gonna get the characters they get, but I'm making it into a graphic novel as well, so that yeah. then it's from iterated IP. So like I'm basically taking like I have the novels already outlined and partially written, yeah. but I'm taking the pilot and it's it's now a what graphic I, novel. What
1: I've found, <laughs> as well, in yeah. all the years I've been writing for 23, 24 years, the yeah. ensemble piece really isn't really ensemble. It's still from somebody's main point of view. It just feels like it is. Mm-hmm. Like I was at a event with um paul haggis not name dropping and <laughs> no i'm not and i was just at it i was at an event and somebody was like oh well, it's like a your <laughs> sh- it's like your movie crash <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it was this ensemble piece and he was like no it's not and everybody's like huh <laughs> he went through mm-hmm. the script dissecting how all of those different people come together to don cheeto's character it's actually, and you think about it and you go back and you go, oh shit, it actually all does come back to him. Everybody says Pope Fiction's in the Salmon. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to John Travolta. <laughs> you know what I mean? In perspective, and, and in I think you have to view. have somebody like, have a lead perspective yeah, and everyone, that you follow through. Otherwise,
2: other storytelling is just yeah. all over the place. Yeah. You're like, there's, if, if this was from, this is such a dumb example, but Mindy Gaelic's Velma project, like, that's I all from Velma's that. perspective. Yeah. So the entire storytelling is. So not Scooby Doo right. because yeah. it's from her perspective. Right. You She's know what the latest, yeah. yeah so bitch, I exactly. think more like Sense Eight. <clears throat> sense Eight. Well, yeah. Okay, that's I'm thinking an, that's more like I think more like Sense Eight,
3: which I know is is not easy storytelling. And I know that the reason why that breaks the Whitechauky storytelling, yeah, that the, does. Yes, and the Wachowski sisters. The reason why they were able to do that is because the Matrix made people a shit ton of money, yeah. right? But that's the kind of storytelling. Like mine, don't my, my stories are are not that but that's the level of what like what type of writer
1: are you by the way she gave, she gave it it to a us your brand she gave it to us offline I, yeah, wanted, I, I, wanted, um,
3: to it. I tell unconventional black and queer stories that have a thing about being around a sense of belonging and chosen family uh that usually involves some sort of magical realism actual magic intuitive kind of guidance connectedness they're queer as fuck they're black as fuck
1: yeah love it what about you tristan
2: um i, I kind of brand myself as a, a type a stoner playwright and tv <laughs> writer i'm a total slut for queer stories of color yeah um i write heightened realities often exploring uh, contradictory identities characters who live betwixt worlds you betwixt. love that word betwixt betwixt i love um, betwixt you know, that's, that's co- an
1: educated word for me i don't know nothing about that word.
2: yeah so i, I write about um, contradictory identities and messy sex
4: I love That's
2: it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Says a you lot did. about the person. <laughs> you, you know you're going to have some fun reading his scripts. I, I, I do, too.
3: I remember when you did the show before, and I was like, I want to read.
2: Yeah, we should <laughs> do a script <laughs> swap. Yeah, okay, we should yeah, yeah, okay, do a script, swap. Swap. Should, yeah, yeah, okay, a script swap. swap. I still have to read it's Sylvester. Read it's in my desktop. Read it. It's oh, really good. good. I am the slowest reader in the world. Sylvester's crazy. Very, Sylvester's very good. I'm sure, I'm sure. It's all good.
3: I'm usually a slow reader, too, but because I knew somebody that I know really loves that story, I wanted to read it so I could try and connect them.
1: He hit me up like, did you see the email? like, two weeks ago or whatever he's mm-hmm. like hey let's get together I was like I'm free tomorrow crickets it's, I'm like
2: oh lord it's like, hot okay, it's hot out here on these streets yeah, you know. back it's to what weird. you were saying um, about uh, simplifying yes and just like being simple at least at first and being able to like cheat the world um, I, I always tell my writers that I work with that at least for TV, because that's what I really specialize in, is um, that it's an onion. You know, we get the mm-hmm. outer shell of the onion and we can tell that it's rich. We can tell that it, there's so right. much underneath the surface, but mm-hmm. we don't need all of that yet. You know, and then we get it from the perspective of looking at the shell. Is, is that what an onion, a shell, uh, a layer. I think it's the skin. Skin. Yeah, skin is, is yeah. it, is I it
3: think it's skin. skin.
2: Yeah. Which sounds, sounds disturbing. Nasty. Yeah, I don't,
3: I don't like that on no, an you're onion. You're talking about you're peeling the skin. No. Is it
2: really skin on an onion?
1: Yeah, yeah it is. It the
3: ga- is. The, you're guy who the little re- yellow jacket Hold for on. Me. The guy
1: who writes about <laughs> sex. <laughs> The guy who rubs to about peel back sex. skin. <laughs> What's that about? Well, that <laughs>
3: tells us what kind of sex you're having. Yes. <laughs> I
2: did see this insane film. Oh, my God. I, I'm happy to shout them out. Um, at Austin Film Festival called Cannibal Muckbang, And it was uh-huh. um, it was, this drama. dark romance uh, horror about About
3: cannibalism?
2: About a girl who did mukbanging online. Do do we know what this Ooh, is? I don't no know idea. what this Who, is. who um, does filming videos. It's all of OnlyFans um, of her just sensually eating food. Oh, Okay. Yes. So that's I've mukbanging. Heard of this. Um, so really this, that shit, this boy bro. falls in love with her, you know, yeah. and and he recognizes her from her mukbang videos, and then they slowly fall in love, and finds out that she's actually a cannibal. So oh, he kind right. of turns her into a cannibal. It's this beautiful. That's it's cute. so beautifully that's cute. done. That's cute. Um, and that's a be, nice and, twist. Yeah. That's so it's a, kind of, a, of Bones and Ollie, but right. without the vampiric yeah. zombie right. element. They're mm-hmm. literal cannibals. How did do I get there? Oh, skin peeling off and sex. Skin peeling off and sex brought me to Cannibal Mukbang. Look them up.
3: Cannibals
2: wow (laughs) so yeah that's what I write weird shit like that (laughs) but yeah simplifying things at top is really important I think people want to throw everything at you really fast and it doesn't need to be that way it has to be through perspective here's what I always say through a lens except Sense8 which you're so right that does break down the traditional way of storytelling in a lot of ways
3: and I rewatch it probably like at least once sometimes twice a year because I well, one, I don't
1: remember even liking that movie. But I mean, you, it's, it's a,
3: you just, have to get through to episode four. This is what uh-huh. I tell every single person. I know that that sounds weird, but like, and people will be like, "Well, some we'll things
1: are slow
4: burn, though." Yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: But it's also a slow burn that's so satisfying. Okay. So it's like by the time you get to episode four, people are like, "Well, will I understand what's going on?" No, you won't understand what the fuck is going on. But you will care about the people so much you won't give a fuck that you don't know what okay. the fuck yes. is going on. And and it and it's I'm sorry, it's just brilliant. And I'm so sad it was canceled, but like. I watch it, and, like, the last time I did a rewatch, I was literally repeatedly brought to tears because, like, this is the kind of storytelling that we actually need as, like black brown queer people This like somehow you're still on the seat of your pants it's still action-packed you're, you're still discovering things as it goes beautifully
2: through. beautifully shot beautiful oh my shot. god it's
3: sexy the orgies y'all there's orgies the and they're delightful so they're the really delightful so but if you're not good. into orgies you can skip those parts but i don't know why you would do that because they're beautiful <laughs> yeah. um,
1: i go you better take some notes <laughs> But yeah, uh, well, yeah
3: i mean
2: i love a good sex scene on tv mm-hmm. like yeah. i think it's just if you can capture just all of that intimacy and beauty oh the queen and slim sex scene
3: Ooh.
2: oh in that car yeah. come on uh, <laughs> yeah come on i think that's yeah i just want to
3: like being able I to cap- make sex
2: on screen that's yeah like
3: it. it's like intimate and sexy and it doesn't feel gratuitous it no, feels like it moves the story forward which like since it really has like the, a lot of those kind of like connectedness between people mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like the the overall thing of like how we're globally connected is like the metaphor that's in kind of like the overall storytelling, but it's also got like all these other <clears throat> layers in there, right, and everybody's like badass i just I just yeah,
1: I just wanted to go back. <laughs> No, that's dope. That's dope. I am um, due
2: for a rewatch. Yeah. I'm, I'm due for a rewatch. Yeah, I, I think
1: I know I watch at least two or three episodes. Yeah, you keep gotta get you have yeah. to get to four. You yeah. have to get, get to I mean, four. four. I'm I mean, hardly even remember RG. it now. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> that's bad. But um, you know, that was years ago. Okay. Here's here's what I want to get back to was oh, we were talking about the pilots. Sorry, my oh, no, I got too close So um, the pilots and stuff, one of the things that I'm always encouraging people to do is to think about, it's not only simplifying, it's slowing it down.
4: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: People, what they do is, <clears throat> they front load things too much. So, they think they have to put the whole kitchen sink into the pilot. And you keep forgetting you got a whole series. So, for example, um, I haven't told you that yet, Rich. Me and my producing partner were just brought in <laughs> were just brought in to do a rewrite on this pilot. And it's twenty three characters in the pilot.
4: Oh.
2: Named characters.
1: Oh yeah. Oh. And okay. because okay. it comes around to this big dinner party and everybody comes in and this okay. family, this family, I'm like, nope, that's not even gonna be there. Yeah. <laughs> so we're down to seven characters <laughs> in the show, right? It was just front loaded with everything because this writer thought they wanted everybody on the show. Like, the show has all these people. I'm like, no, the show has all these people over the season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so we were, like, we had to talk about it yesterday, and uh, we were explaining to her about how we're going to, why we're cutting all these characters and how we're going to utilize them over the season Mm -hmm. so that she wouldn't be worried that we're not using the writers anymore. I mean, the actors anymore, mm-hmm. the, the characters anymore. And so, but we're explaining to her how much you front-loaded the whole thing and how we're going to pull it back. And see, really, it was just about that.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't about all that. And she was like... Oh, uh, you know what well, I mean. I think
2: people get lost yeah. in plot. Oh, yeah, and like they want they front load on plot, but they don't front load on character. Right. And actually, like what we can take time on is plot. Right. Let's front load. Let's give a care. Let's get it all out there. Where is this person going? Where are they? Fr- how do we? How do they get here? And what is their journey going to be internally? Right. That stuff we can front load with. Right. But then people were like, "No, let's do the whole dinner party. Exactly, we don't exactly. even get to
4: the." Dinner. Right. like i don't
2: even know who they are right. mm-hmm. um but i think that people writers mix up a lot is character versus plot mm-hmm. and um balancing that specifically i mean i'm speaking from television but um mm-hmm. even even yeah, even a feature Movie, people yeah, they throw it all, all so fast in act one and it's like where are we going right. um but yeah i think that's an inter- important um, distinction
1: right and yeah. you know point of view you know which is why for me the ensemble pieces are actually to me difficult to do it feels easy because you're like oh now we go off with them and no we go off with them but you have to be thinking about the puzzle of it all because a tv show and a movie is actually a puzzle so you have to be going but where does how does how do they all mm-hmm. come together like we meet this person in this world this person in this world and then these things happen that eventually boom they come together now it makes sense
2: give me the but whole if, onion i want to if idea. you're just
1: you know randomly moving around with people oh, it's yeah. it's it's and we've read those scripts it's awful
2: yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it's in, intentionality. Yes. Where you, you're missing intentionality in the script. And it's like, okay, I don't really know why I'm watching yeah. or reading this, but I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and verse Sensei is not one of those things. You don't have to understand <laughs> yeah. Sensei to fall in love with it. But yeah, it's um, it's focus. Right. Focus on intentionality. Like, what right. is the ultimate story I'm telling? And that comes down to point of view right. and perspective.
1: So we only have a few minutes left with you. So before I let you go, Tristan, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to bring this up. So I was telling you guys offline <clears throat> that we had um, on the episode we did with Carol Kirshner, um, I had said to the two women, <laughs> to make sure I say yes, she's I,
2: right. I We had two of our awesome writers <laughs> yes. from Roadmap, exactly. um, Abigail, Abigail Bloom and Laura, Laura Huey, who are an awesome writing pair. Um, but you, they 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 audited the they they audited, they audited the episode
1: with Carol Kirshner, and at some point I said, I I put them on the mic and let them ask questions to Carol and to myself, and um, at some point I said, I looked at them and they were just, I, was, I said, look at them, look at the cute little such and such and such, and Carol said, you can't say that, so it made me it sparked to me. Rich and I were talking about it later that. Maybe I should do episodes you know at some point where we have like a segment mm-hmm. where if I have queer writers on, I talk to you guys about things that we shouldn't be saying or should be saying, mm-hmm. and so I'll try to do a whole little um
2: mm-hmm. what do you call
1: it you know what I mean
2: a debrief detox just yeah. like in in how we can um you know because queer people are at the forefront of activism and just like the the, the new world uh like how we can intentionally speak on things right. and and be aware. Am I interpreting that yes, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm just trying to be aware of. Mm-hmm.
1: What like, what
3: types of things levels. should yeah.
1: we be, you know, because you were saying, we were talking about it offline. But. Yeah,
3: I, I, and what's interesting about, because I was listening to that episode, right. like, and you mentioned two different things, like, saying they're so cute, like, the way that you guys were bantering before that felt like that wasn't necessarily offensive. But I could see that there are some people who would actually find that offensive right. if you weren't within that context, right? And I think that, A lot of the language, especially within the queer community, is morphing, changing, and evolving so much because it it really well one because we create culture, Mm -hmm. especially especially um, black and brown queer young people who are culture music like everything all of it. (laughs) But I also think like if we look at which is going to sound like it's way far out there, but it's not. Indigenous cultures around the world used to recognize five to eleven genders, recognized all different things that we would call queer. Um, as a part of an innate part of culture. Mm-hmm. Colonialism came in and made everything on the binary and stripped people of their language, right? So the people, we've been constantly trying to recreate that language probably for, for and ages. And, and and colonialism. All of that, yeah. all of that. And so because it's morphing so quickly, there's things that people are getting offended by that, like, I think we need to have a grace around when when we... Say something that somebody lets us know may be offensive to them, and take note, but don't necessarily put that on everybody right. unless we're hearing it from multiple places. Um, like I, I, I like, for instance, I'm completely fine with somebody asking me what my pronouns are, mm-hmm. right? Um, what are your pronouns? Uh She/her. Okay. What, um, what about you, Tristan? Your Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. You know he's being truthful too. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But, like, my kids' generation, they have, like, not only just the pronouns that we use, but they have neo-pronouns that are totally different. What does that mean? It's... I would be remiss to try and explain it to you clearly because I don't (laughs) use them. But literally, I've heard somebody say something like, you know, a frog sitting on moss next to a tree. Like, that's what my gender feels like to me. Like, it's like... Like Metaphor. Like, it's it's like... There's, there's like, poetic ways to it because they can't really explain this like yeah. I'm, I'm a totally different gender okay. like i'm either all three or i'm or, or i'm n- none of the above or i'm a combinations of there with that i can't really give you exact words for in our language okay. because we've that lost it mm-hmm. you know what i mean but like i met somebody a while <clears throat> back who was like offended at i think it was outfest a couple years ago mm-hmm. um older black man from the south And one of the young people was trying to be respectful Mm -hmm. and asked because they clearly were gender expansive, like just in their gender presentation, they were gender expansive, but you Mm -hmm. don't know what their actual gender is. And they asked and they felt like um, they were um, offended they were like I don't feel I don't want to tell you my pronouns that's something that's too personal.
1: So so should you not ask that, somebody what their pronouns that, are? No, or? I think I think
3: I think we what I think is especially with younger people we for sure should ask. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're asking older people and somebody's uncomfortable just hold that with grace that that's not an unreasonable thing because for them that it's a safety issue. Um, like yeah. that like i'm sure that makes sense that makes sense and to me that makes sense so it's like i think it's much more about finding grace mm-hmm. for a lot of the things but and recognizing that something may not sound derogatory or or um belittling to you and mm-hmm. but if somebody says it is believe them yeah
2: okay. yeah i think it's all about intentionality i mean i feel like i, I sometimes am more offensive than i want to be but i don't Try to be. I think I'm just controversial energy, <laughs> um, but it's a, I think it's a lot about intention and, and grace and love and um, comfort and make and safe space. Like you can and reading a fucking room. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a lot of just like where you're at. Uh, but oh fuck, I had another thought that I wanted well, to bring for later. Let me let
1: me tell you but, what I was gonna say, yeah. and then because I was telling Rich after I said, you know, I think, and maybe this is my own, uh, you know, black. Gay side of myself thinking I have a pass. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always like, okay, this bitch, blah, 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 blah. Right? And it's such a habit of me to say it, I don't even. I think because I'm a gay dude, it's not offending anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. You know what I mean? You got to get away with a few other things. Yeah, you know know what I mean? Like, that's just
1: how I think. Yeah, And it may not be true to everybody. And so so that's going to be another conversation I'm going to have with, you know, Cheryl and them over at uh, Woke You, you know, about, like, those things like that. Because I'm in such a habit of going, I can see if a straight dude said this, but...
2: Yeah, well, there's the the immediate understanding that it's not predatory or weird or, you know... um, Whatever, because right. you're not a straight guy. Right. You know, not a straight white guy. You know, coming from there. But it, it's I don't know. I think like safety things. Like it's just like never comment on someone's body. You know, never comment on uh, anything visual, aesthetic about a person. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of my main. That makes sense. That's like the only thing I'm, that I mean I really I don't do. I
3: want, like I'll I I don't know. I will, but I I think maybe we do sometimes get away with things as film presenting, especially I'm film presenting mm-hmm. and and. pretty and straight straight passing even for for a Mm -hmm. lot of people you know what I mean Um, I will tell somebody I think they're beautiful or oh you're working at like I will say those things because that's a part of how I connect connect Mm -hmm. to people is when I find something that I see as a light in them or or if I think that their energy is amazing or you know like I I do say those things I also like I, I will use the word bitch and I'll be like, I'm that bitch. I'm a mm-hmm. witchy bitch, whatever. And some people do not like it. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the, a and and like they, it. A lot of people don't like it and I, I'm just like, they don't like that I cuss either. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Interesting. You know what I mean? Like I try and be, if somebody's like really uncomfortable and they say that they're uncomfortable, I'll try and watch it. Mm-hmm. But I curse like a sailor. Mm-hmm. I really, I enjoy it my all own. falls ar- out of my mouth. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> I <laughs> have no <laughs>
2: filter. I have not, As you yeah. know, <laughs>
3: I, I have some filter, but I I do. And <laughs> you're I,
2: much more better. You're better than me. <laughs> but I enjoy
3: my. But I actually enjoy my irreverence. I enjoy my um, freedom. Right. I enjoy that. I think what, I feel
1: the same way. Yeah, yeah.
3: That I and that that what I've heard people express to me, at least that, as I've gotten to know them, is that they feel like they can be free around me mm-hmm. without being judged. And yes. that's something that's <clears throat> actually incredibly important for me even if it makes other people uncomfortable that I'm so free.
2: Right, I like that. It's, I I, I also, I think that's one of my gifts, is just like, you you can be comfortable around me, you can be safe around me, and that's like, that's a power. That's, I want everyone to feel like that.
3: Yeah, like making, I think making people feel safe is an extraordinary superpower, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very Mm -hmm. hard, I think, for a lot of people to actually do that, especially a lot of us don't feel safe within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I can't say I always feel safe within myself, but I do always, see the light in people. Usually like I can usually see whatever the kernel of light is. And like even if someone it's like I can see whatever that kernel is, it's somewhere in there. And that's the part that I usually focus on right, right. which probably gets me into trouble sometimes, but it's true
2: bringing so, this to writing mm-hmm. I, I work with a lot of writers that like walk on eggshells because they're so afraid of offending and I mm-hmm. find it the, one of the most annoying things in the world because I'm like if you' are worried so much about that your mind is in the wrong place sure. like let's get back to story let's go back to character like because we're in the we have so much woke satire out there mm-hmm. anyway you know that's just like a genre that is being built as we speak um, and has been being built over the last couple of years but it's just like if you're worried about offending, then you're worried about the wrong things yeah. as a writer. Like that's not that shouldn't be your focus. Mm-hmm. You know, that your intention is off. You're I, not worried about story.
3: I wonder if that's it's, I so
2: Yeah, what do you think?
3: I think that for some people that may be the case. Yeah. I think for people who are in the group that is a part of the dominant culture. Okay. Um that can often be floated through the lens of the oppressor. I think they do have, need to have a better awareness because the, their unconscious bias, without an awareness of what the things are, is actually sometimes problematic.
2: Um, many times problematic. Right. Like
3: I've, I've, I've read a few things where they've even like written characters where I'm like. There's no way they're going to be able to put this out. Mm -hmm. And this person could actually say this. All the time. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I think. (laughs) I I
2: have too many stories offline. (laughs) So I
3: think people may consider it a double standard. But the reality is, if you are in a a group that has been oppressed and marginalized and underrepresented, we have a wider berth, I think, Mm -hmm. that we can traverse than what what somebody who doesn't does and I think that that's just period and I think that that's and if they are somebody who wants to be anti-racist and wants to actually start changing things with story they need to do the work to do that Um, and that doesn't mean that they can't try and tell the story they want to but then they need to examine get it out and then examine what are the things in this and have some people do some reads on it and pay them
4: and, pay, and them. pay them definitely pay don't them. don't don't have people <laughs> and doing cultural them.
3: sensitivity reads for your ass for free so that you can try and make sure you don't look like a colonizer in what? your script Hilarious. pay them hey yeah. be,
1: one one quick thing, rich and Wendy, you guys have any questions about this topic you have anything come come over here and jump on my if you do
3: <laughs> you're so cute. You I see, see, I just did it. A, I just did so, it. You're so cute. Yeah, I literally cut it
4: out.
2: Fired. Cancelled. Um, I mean, it's just it's just a, it's a big topic because it's um yeah. if you have any a, questions and it's
3: you a, know, a hard topic to hold. No, it's it's amazing. Okay. I, I
1: have I have no questions. Okay, okay. Come on, Rich. What you got? Rich Redlow, everybody.
5: So, on what you were talking about, um, I know a lot of gay men who think they have license think they have license to use the B word and the C word and mm-hmm. i'm so mm-hmm. uncomfortable with that and i mm-hmm. usually usually yell at them for doing that yeah. but it's so pervasive um in our culture mm-hmm. it seems yeah. and and it's almost as though they feel well women can get, get away with it so gay men can get away with it absolutely and yeah. and that just rubs me the wrong way
2: i think anything that's like get away with is probably an issue <laughs> in the first place yeah. but there is a renaissance of um of young folks and gen zers like being like that's so cunty Oh, so oh yeah you have to,
3: the oh, no. of that. my yeah. kid put they, somebody put up a um thing on twitter and i don't i t- cunt just doesn't hit hard for me mm-hmm. it just it doesn't mean it's like it's like i don't even know what to say how innocuous that word yeah. is for me yeah. it just doesn't hit anything for me um but somebody put up a thing and it's partially because of kevin ambiance his song the Cunty song that that, <laughs> oh, that, right, right. that that beyonce sampled on renaissance mm-hmm. which i'm delighted f- mm-hmm. for them about that um, but it's like she put up a picture of your mother serving cunt and my wow. um, w- but this is the thing it wasn't an insult I was like my kid immediately pulled up two fantastic <laughs> pictures I'm sure. of me that were fierce and mm. was like I've got two
2: that's funny you know what I mean it's a reclaim like this and it's a bigger conversation about language yes like Words mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> I feel like I'm but they about also this. read I, everything. I, but they mean so much because we put so much on them, and right. it's and how you use them and where to and who you, yes. your
3: relationship with people. Because this is the thing: if there is, and I've been in situations like this that were really sh- like where white gay men in certain environments, not either either being too forward and not not respecting boundaries think they can grab my ass or my boobs or mm-hmm. or be like bitch mm-hmm. this or whatever and then to be clear me, that's and, never okay it's not <laughs> to be clear. um not at all or or when i'm like in the way like calling me a bitch or call, like those like thing using something as an insult is different than me like bitch mm-hmm. for me not for everybody it depends on how well i know you mm-hmm. do we have a relationship to each other do you know that about me are you assuming that because you're a gay man and you've taken on uh Black female affectations from our culture mm-hmm. and black mm-hmm. ballroom mm-hmm. culture in the way that you walk through the <laughs> world tell, tell that them what you it is. you Preach. can act like you you know me in a different way and that you're already at the barbecue, friend. You are not. You know you
2: ain't <laughs> out the cookout. You are not, not at the cookout.
3: I mean, you have to get to know me before you're able to know what is a respectful thing to do. And a lot of people don't, they just they just make assumptions and they take advantage of the fact that there's a certain group that can get away with almost anything and I think that especially like you're talking about how gay men take that language on like especially um, cis gay men I found um, walk around with the privilege of that Um, but with also somehow the feeling of victimhood and marginalization because they're queer Mm -hmm. that makes them think that they can literally say or do anything. And it's it's actually problematic, but that's a much cheaper <laughs>
5: that's, that's, that's another. That's another episode. What you guys are you gonna say, Rich? Yeah. Plus, those two words in particular, which are are so commonly used, unfortunately, are put downs of women. Yes, mm-hmm. and and it's it's not as though there's there's something in return that women use words to put down men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. it's all sexist. Yeah, the patriarchy. Yeah, it yep. all it is, and yep. to not understand that, to not see that. Yeah, it really bothers me. I mean, I love that you speak <laughs> out about it, though, because yeah. if nothing else, it makes people, oh he
3: corrects
1: me on it. Um, yeah. Examine <laughs> it.
3: At least it makes you examine it, so that you know what you're doing. Like, you know, I you said like words don't mean anything. I think words mean a lot of things, and, and we we what oh, we put out die there over words. and the energy that we put out there, right? But like when I was telling my kid, I again, I would
2: agree. People die over what we put onto words. Correct. Which I would
3: I, which I was, but it's so different for different people. But like for instance, the cursing. I always knew i was going to curse i, I was like i'm not, not going to be able to keep this away from my kid because mm-hmm. i fucking cuss all the time so what i told taught my kid is these are adult words and the reason why they're adult words is because you don't know what the repercussions and the consequences are going to be in different environments when you use That's them good. Mm-hmm. and i don't want you using them until you understand more the more deep complexities of what you're doing and then choosing whether or not you are ready to deal with those consequences should you choose to use them in mixed company
4: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he does, but that's also, I think, what adults should be doing with yes. words yes. as well.
2: Yes, That's all environmental. Yeah. That's all about yeah. That's about the space, right? The word itself <clears throat> is just a just a bunch of letters, a bunch of you know. I remember, I, I remember, I, I cussed for the first time in front of my mom. I was like seven years old, and I got spanked. <laughs> I got spanked so hard, and I stopped, I pulled, I grabbed her hand. I said, "Sugar mom," I said, "Oh fuck," I said, "I said, what is in a word? It means nothing." <laughs> And she was like, "You don't understand. That word is a bad word." I said, "What makes it? What makes it any worse than I don't know? Goose, you goose!" Like, and I was like, "It's about what I mean behind the word." And she was like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." And I was
3: like, "It's, it's about what I put behind it." It's. A-
2: I remember that so clearly. Oh
3: my god! I, got I adore so hard. you. I adore you. Yeah, when I was little, little, I, I never. When I was little, little, I never cursed, but my mom heard me reading one of my first scripts and i had curse words in it and she realized that she had never heard me curse mm. and i was like yeah she's like do you talk like that i said actually i do mom i just don't <laughs> do it in front of you i'm trying to say she's like well i want to know actual you. how you talk yeah i want to know actual you i want to know the person that you are when you're mm. around other people i don't want a different version of you that's good and mom. i was that's like mom. okay so. and it, i was uncomfortable at first but then i eventually got over it. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: good momming right there. Oh, there's nothing better than like good parenting on television that makes me cry. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you ever see like a good parenting yeah. moment and you're just like, oh God, That's they're so, so good. good.
4: Actually, have a
1: question, so come to the, the, the mic. Come to the mic so we can the hear you. Mic. Right.
3: Here's, um, the, here's, here's the, the mic. Was there ever a point when you were starting out that you felt you needed to camouflage yourself and then how did you learn over time to show your more authentic self? even in this difficult
1: industry. Was there ever a time you camouflage yourself? Right. Like, mm-hmm. the highest
3: parts, mm-hmm. high parts right. of my, uh, any part of myself, or specifically queerness, or, like, different, other different things. I'm, I'm sorry, that is kind of a vague question, but if there's any evolution of, like, starting out and camouflaging parts of your identity and then yeah. becoming comfortable enough to show your authentic self.
2: I, I still do it in, um, when I'm auditioning yeah. um, because I want them to see me a specific way that mm-hmm. is in line with the role that I want to get paid yeah. for. But I think that's the only time I do that. Otherwise, I'm pretty loud and obnoxious <laughs> and authentic. But yeah, when it comes to like, oh, if they see me in that light, they're no longer going to consider me for that job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did that last week. Mm. You know?
3: Yeah. Most of the roles that I get called in for, like I could, in my head, they could all be by. How, how the fuck would they know if the housewife is not by and just married a husband? Um, but I did make a call early on. I Like I said, I was a late bloomer when I came out and i was with my ex-husband then we were polyamorous which nobody was doing at the time it was like the late 90s you guys
2: were the hipsters of polyamory
3: <laughs> we, were, we were we were we were we were felt lost because we couldn't find it was hard to find community but that's a whole other mm-hmm. set of things however we made a decision because back then you could hear all the rumors and things about like all these different couples were doing stuff and they were just hiding it and we just made a family decision that we would never hide that that i wouldn't be in the closet that we wouldn't be in the closet about our poly that we wouldn't hide our girlfriend because i was like if anybody is ever digging once because we're both in entertainment i want them to be like oh that bitch been saying that forever she ain't never been in the closet about Mm -hmm. that there's no secrets to find um and i and i started actually preemptively outing myself because people would say stupid shit and i really don't (laughs) like it when people say stupid I, i would rather you put on if I if you're not like a close friend, I'd rather you put on whatever nice thing you do as a polite, kind human, instead of saying some some bigoted thing about my queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be like, yeah, my ex girlfriend, da 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 da, like, and I'll just like toss it into conversation.
1: I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that is the normalization. I've learned, I didn't learn this until I was writing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, I was in my early 30s when I stopped mm-hmm. acting, but I throw it away, kind of mm-hmm. like what you're saying so like no big deal. I, I throw away two things one I tell you I'm from the hood two well several the things <laughs> two <laughs> two that I'm gay and the third thing is what was that? oh and that I'm silly I just throw it away mm-hmm. I go I'm a little silly but blah blah blah, blah. now you I know, add, Now whenever I my husband
2: blah, I'm gonna blah. tell you what I am Be I
3: just
1: throw it away mm-hmm. So yeah. you already heard it, you dealt with it, and you just deal with it. So you know you're going to get this silly dude at some point, I'm going to yep. do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know I just told you I'm gay, i just throw it away though. You know yeah. what I mean?
3: My neurodivergence too, which I did not know. I was undiagnosed for a very long time. I just got officially diagnosed um, so She got the year. vapors
1: basically is what so, it yeah, is. So. <laughs>
3: I'm hyperverbal. There's things, But there's things that like I now know that people probably read, read as just weird or like sharing transparently more than what people consider regular or whatever. Um, So now what I do is I also out myself as neurodivergent and I'll be like, you know, my neurodivergent ass, I'm hyperverbal, sorry, I'm about to say this. So like...
2: You do do that. Yeah, you do that very, very slightly though, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciate that.
3: It's helpful because then Mm -hmm. people don't think it's weirder that I'm just trying to take up conversation. They realize I actually... It's actually technically a disability, although I'm very grateful (laughs) for it as a gift, um, that I can't help the the way that my brain works different. Um, And so it, it frames it for people so that they can actually see me as all of who I am mm-hmm. and I also think it just makes it better for other people eventually I've met so many people at this point now that me doing that is had them be like oh me too girl or I didn't know when those young people we, me and Hilliard were doing the panel mm-hmm. and one of them came up to me after they're like I just thank you so much they're like I didn't know that you could hold it that way
1: right mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. you do come across really together okay? <laughs> No, no no here's what I mean though when, and I know you got to go. She, but I mean, though, when, when y'all don't even know, when she come, she
4: comes <laughs> So Lita's a
2: power. She's a power. She come oh, together. Like Body be powerhouse. on fleet. She be showing your legs and heels. But I think to the question, okay. ain't nobody at this table be camouflaging yes. um, much. It's what it sounds like. Yeah. It um,
3: but not to say that that's an easy <clears throat> journey. Like, for me, I don't think... And again, now I know I think it's partially, probably because of the neurodivergence, like even if I've wanted to try and fit in, I it, it just turns into an awkward fucking mess that just mm-hmm. feels inauthentic and weird yeah. and everybody just feels weird and I feel weird and I can't really do it anyway. Right, right. So, And so very young, I kind of learned that and then eventually it's like, okay, well then what do I do with that? I just have to just be me and then feel really sad with my rejection um, sensitive dysphoria when it feels like people don't like me, but then I move through it,
4: Exactly. exactly.
3: <laughs> you know?
1: Well, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all coming you, Y'all today. can keep talking. I'm about yeah. to run.
3: Go kick ass, love. to <laughs> get a, I want
1: to get a photo with you and stuff. Oh, okay, we're, 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 yeah, we're. Yeah, we going to be good. We're going to be good. Um, thank you, uh, Rich and Wendy, for hanging out with us, sitting That's in here awesome. with us. Um, Tristan, where you at? Where can people follow you at?
2: You can find me at Tristan J. Schuler everywhere. Uh, T-R-I-S-T-A-N-J Schuller with no C-S-H. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, oh, you can, you can you can find me if you're in Hollywood at Lacage every Friday night at the Hollywood Roosevelt. Come Kiki with us. We have shows every Friday night, 7pm, 10pm. That's at welcometolacage.com. Yes. Uh, and, and send, uh,
3: you know, you find me here. Him, send
1: him while. good
2: spirits for his thing today. Yes, I'm and send good spirits. Listen, and soon he'll be able to find me more places. Yes. Roadmap
3: panels, too, sometimes. And the Roadmap yes.
2: Writers. Please be sure to follow Roadmap Writers. We what do you are- tell everybody what you do there? Um, We at Roadmap Writers, uh, we have a whole training program for emerging writers. We kind of call ourselves Finishing School for Screenwriters, um, working with kind of that next step after you've done your craft work, that next step of marketing the writer and connecting with uh, development execs, folks like Hilliard, producers, um, literary representations. We do a lot of matchmaking with emerging writers. And... Potential collaboration partners that can push you to the next part of your career. Um, So come through if you're an emerging writer, which I know all y'all listening to this are. Um, And I'm the director of brand management there. I teach a course on pitching, um, and I do a lot of consulting as well, script consulting.
1: That's what's
2: up. We
3: have a lot of great panels. We have awesome panels, which is how Delila and and
2: I really connected the first time. Mm -hmm.
1: Indeed, indeed. What about you, Dalila? Where are you at? Where can people follow you?
3: I'm at Dalila Ali Raja on literally every Everywhere. fucking thing. So you just branded your name like me and Tristan did. Trademark. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, there aren't there isn't another one of me, and I didn't want anybody else right. getting anything, and then having to try and sell my name back to me when I, you know, <laughs> when it's going to be ten million dollars to get that name. <laughs> um, um, at D A L I L A A L I R A J A H. That's for sure. That. Indeed, indeed. Thank y'all Thank again. You. Appreciate for y'all. Y'all know Thank how we you do for it. having us. Y'all yeah. know how we do
1: it on the rant room. <clears throat> uh, we appreciate you guys. Um, you can find me at Hilliard Guest everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. At Hilliard Guest, LinkedIn. What's that new one?
2: uh blue check
1: blue sky i'm not on that one yet oh we have the reds too i'm not on threads Threads, it's too much there's too many i
3: want to sometimes i want to run to arizona
2: get get off all of
1: it
3: and there's one more right i
2: don't don't know don't Don't ask me don't ask me
1: anyway just look for me (laughs) add hilliard guests everywhere we're redoing the whole website right now so we're going to come out fresh with a new year um, new logo we're gonna redo a lot of Ooh, shit
3: okay come yeah, on alright rebrand I'm
1: it to go I'm fix to go a hey, 2024
0: <laughs> <Exactly>. not Bay <laughs> area
1: hort yes indeed yes indeed <laughs> um, let me see yeah we doing a website all that stuff but please go on iTunes Stitcher Apple Podcasts Spotify whatever you guys listen to uh, please give us a five star review we need that for the metrics please follow the show share the show um, retweet the show don't just like it retweet it that's the part that I hear everybody say is important um, shit like that um, thank you again Rich Wendy like you guys um, everybody join me for 2023 we gotta figure out what the hell the damn thing's gonna be for 2024 <laughs> I don't wanna just say 2024 so we'll figure it out it's a rebrand <laughs> exactly exactly I'll go with your brain your brain come up with something bro. <laughs> anyway y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show we keep it real we keep it opinionated we keep it what everybody 2023, 2023. peace y'all
0: So you want to be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room